0: Sip, Sip, hooray. Hi, and welcome to Sip, Sip, Hooray, the podcast about wine and the cool people in the wine industry and why we love this beverage. <laughs> I'm Mary Babbitt.
1: And I'm Mary Orlin. We like to have fun with wine. And um, did you have fun listening to the music as we were starting the show? We have a new theme song,
0: and we love it. We are so grateful to James Blackaby, the amazing musician and composer, who wrote that piece for us, our own Sip Sip Hooray theme song. Thank you, James.
1: Yeah, James, um, he's a local musician. He composes. He plays. He's just super multi-talented. and you know, we couldn't have been more honored when he approached us to collaborate on a song for the show. Yeah, it's so fun. And so he, uh, he asked what we were looking for and
0: we wanted something upbeat and something that kind of set a relaxed tone. And then he came up with this great piece for us. So you will hear it when you listen to our show at the beginning, in the middle, a little bit at the end. And, um, James, we're super grateful. You can also find this on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. And he also has a new, really cool piece called Mavericks, which is sort of a an electric guitar surf theme music, and it's really good, inspired by, of course, the surf spot Mavericks. And uh, that is going to be a ringtone soon. So um, I listen to it. Just uh, just this morning, and absolutely loved it. So hats off to you, James, for a cool uh, piece called "Mavericks." And James Blackaby, uber talented. Thank you for lending your talent to Sip, Sip Hooray! He oh, you know another cool and smart thing about James is the woman he chose to marry. We love her absolutely. Let's tell him about her,
1: <laughs> Elaine. Absolutely, sure. So we first met Elaine Villeman Blackaby back in the uh, mid. 2000s when we were shooting in wine country, a story there. We went down to Paso Robles and visited her and her father at their winery, Eden Canyon Vineyards, which was east of Paso Robles. Um, Just an amazing story. Um, They are a Filipino-American family, and at the time, it was the first Filipino-American-owned winery in the country. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. And um, what I love from that story is that her father, Danny, had never tasted wine before he planted the vineyard. Right.
0: And yet he worked magic in that vineyard. They created Absolutely. some great wines.
1: Mm-hmm. They did. And they even had um, their vineyards burned down one year, um, not long after they planted. So they had to go back and replant the whole thing by hand um, You know, and from heartbreak. And destruction and ashes. Like a phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) Like a phoenix. A beautiful winery, beautiful Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been fun following their story and staying connected to Elaine and now being connected to her and her husband through music and wine. Yeah.
0: Yeah, what a nice marriage of things we both love music, wine. Really great people. Elaine has a terrific sense of humor, just so much fun. And um, we are happy to be connected again, first with In Wine Country and now with Sip Sip Hooray. So thanks
1: to James and Elaine Blackaby. Super grateful to both of you. Absolutely. But now we're going to, um, we've got a treat for you. Um, we are going to be talking to one of the real cool, pioneering, iconic people in the wine world.
0: Yeah, there's probably not enough adjectives to really describe (laughs) who he is and what he has meant to the world of wine, but uh, he's a big shot and yet super low-key, down-to-earth, and a lot of fun to talk to. So we're excited to introduce you to Randall Graham of Bonny Doon Vineyard. We are delighted to have with us today a true legend in the world of wine and I'm not overselling it. Randall Graham of Bonnie Dune Vineyard is here with us today and he is a pioneer and just the coolest guy and really has been a game changer in wine.
1: You know, early on Randall was a champion of the Rhone varieties when not many people in the United States knew what they were, and he created some very clever marketing campaigns, some very memorable ones. The Wine Spectator dubbed him as the original roan Ranger, um, did a feature on him when he was on the cover dressed as the Lone Ranger with a white horse. <laughs> yes. Awesome photo. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really fun, which just kind of really portrays his fun approach to wine. Um, And early on, he was also a champion of screw caps on all his wines, not just whites, and um, has never looked back from that. But um, And now he's on a quest to make the great American wine. Yeah,
0: and you were also one of our first guests on our TV show in wine country. So it's fun to see you again, and we have a lot of catching up to do, Randall. So welcome. Thank you so much. We're glad you're here. So yeah, this quest—the Great American Wine. Should we start there? That's big. You don't well, do things small, though.
2: I don't. Yeah, I mean, life is short, so you might as well <laughs> kind of go for it. Um, I'm not sure if "Great American Wine" is the the best descriptor. Maybe the the Great San Juan Batista Wine would be more accurate. So, in other words, the whole my whole obsession of late, meaning of like the last ten or fifteen years, has been the notion that. The most interesting wines in the world are wines of place. In other words, wines that somehow capture the quality, the unique qualities of a place and convey it in the wine, what the French call vin de terroir. And um, these are the wines that, that make the world more interesting and matter. Everything else is kind of just cleverness and slightly beside the point, in um, my opinion.
1: And speaking of wines a place, let's talk about the place. You mentioned San Juan Bautista. So tell us what's going on there and you know where it is for some of our listeners who may not know where this is. Right. Well, you didn't
0: choose Napa. You didn't choose Sonoma. You didn't choose Santa Cruz or Bonnie Dune.
2: Frankly, not much is happening in San Juan Bautista, and that's its charm, I have to say, in large part. Uh, it's a small town. It's uh, located really at the base of the Santa Clara Valley. It's really kind of the gateway to the Santa Clara Valley. And it's kind of this funny, funny spot. It's in San Benito County, and it's really at the convergence of four counties of Santa Clara, Monterey, Santa Cruz, and San Benito. And uh, it's kind of really this odd place where things come together. Uh, There are some very active earthquake faults in the neighborhood, as as one knows. San Andreas Um, Falls. San Andreas being being the biggest. The biggest one. Uh, But San San Juan Batista is is about uh, eight miles west of Hollister and about nine miles south of Gilroy, just off of 101, just east of 101.
0: That whole earthquake thing, it doesn't frighten you.
2: What's the use of being frightened by
1: earthquakes? (laughs) Right. We never know. (laughs) We never know. It's going to happen or not. (laughs) Why, Why worry? So you've got a rather large piece of property there. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, I was fortunate to, um, in a brief moment of liquidity, I was able to buy, <laughs> very brief, <laughs> all too brief, uh, I was able to purchase a beautiful property, um, uh, which we call Popolishum. It's about 400 acres, which sounds like a lot, because it is mm. a lot, but most of it is up and down, and mm. we can plant maybe about 85 of them, which we plan okay. to, but we're planting... the the vines in a very unusual way. I mean, it's not unusual if it's the 19th century. Um, We're hoping to plant without irrigation, without a lot of trellising and wire and um, infrastructure. We want to to basically make it very, very simple. And further, um, plant it as a form of polyculture, where we're actually interplanting uh, fruit trees and flowering shrubs and other species of plants besides the grapes.
0: Well, that is rather remarkable. For anyone who's seen vineyards in wine country, they're all trellis. There's a lot of, uh, they're very groomed, right? Yes. They're, it's, it's almost a science how you plant a vineyard, and it sounds like you're looking for a more natural approach.
2: Well, again, we're trying to look for a strong impression of the site itself, and if you eliminate diversity in the vineyard, you're eliminating part of the original expression of the site. The, the so-called garrigue, or the indigenous mm-hmm. vegetation is also quite important.
1: And I know one of the things you're doing there, you've got some experimental vineyards. And what are you growing in these vineyards? What do you hope to accomplish?
2: Well, it's it's a little bit of a long story. We're, we're doing a couple of wacky things, I mean, in addition to growing grapes in a, in a slightly less conventional manner, um, and also in addition to growing slightly less conventional grapes. <laughs> To yeah. begin with, <laughs> okay. things oddball things that end in vowels, uh, like ruque or timuraso that sort of thing. But the two big initiatives, two really ambitious initiatives. One is what I call varietal auto-tuning. That's kind of a made-up term of art, um, but it's the idea that you begin with a grape that you that you know does well on the site, but then you tune it to the site it's by and you tune it it's a kind of a imprecise kind of tuning by creating genetic variations within the within the vine so by letting it cross with itself now it's this is do not attempt this at home because it's it's a fairly complicated tedious and and very long process and most of the offspring that you create are actually less significantly less interesting than the parents they have genetic defects they're sterile they have metabolic problems, but a small percentage of them will be more interesting than the parents, and you're looking for those few individuals that have unique characteristics. Now, the, the catch, of course, is that when, you, when a vinifera vine crosses with itself, a Grenache, for example, crossed with itself is no longer Grenache because all the genetic information recombines. So it's Grenache-ish, but it's no longer Grenache per se.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you get to name it something new.
2: If the authorities, will, you know, don't put me in jail before before then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So you are trying to create um, maybe an original American grape. Or well, variety. or
2: actually, or, an or, or original grape for the site. So for the whole the idea front. is mm-hmm. that it's it's not a one size fits all grape. That it, that it's tuned to the site. For whatever reason. Okay. It has qualities that's particular that emerge and shine mm-hmm. in that particular location. Which is not to say that it would be dreadful grown somewhere else, but it, it's specifically adapted for for that particular. Sure. Site. Any luck so far? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet, but it, it's early going.
1: How I, long do you think it might be before you have some results?
2: Uh, five or six more years.
1: So you have gotta be patient.
0: I like it, he's playing the long game, yeah. yeah.
2: Well that's that's for the, re, that's the, the short project. The okay. longer project that we're doing, it's a more ambitious project, is actually breeding grapes from, from different parents. And that's that's a long game. Wow,
1: um, yeah. And so, so that, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. So, um, you know, these are such long-term projects, really, you know, you've got a vision here. Um, what inspired you to do all this? I don't know.
2: I mean, nobody, you know, as Dr. Freud points out, none of our motives are transparent to ourselves and we never do things for just one reason. Um, I suspect, um, I mean, what, this is what I tell myself and what, I, what I'm what i really, why I really do things. Probably, we never do things for the noblest of motives. So it's probably wanting to do it to, to leave something for, for posterity, of course. Um, and to really kind of show the world that you know I'm not just a clever marketer, you know I'm not just a defender of screw caps and uh, <laughs> clever marketing well, campaigns. I,
0: I can appreciate that. I think that's fantastic. I think I love people who are constantly challenging themselves to to do more and and okay I was good at this. What else can I be good? What, what can I? How can I do it better? And I love that. I also like the fact that with this new venture you got people behind you you kind of put it out there in the world and said hey who's interested in this Mm -hmm. and people really responded can you tell me about that
2: yeah we launched a crowdfunding initiative uh, it's i think think almost two years Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and uh we're gonna have to launch it again because we're we're out of money again um and and it's a big project um but yeah, it's this uh, this notion that we're creating new varieties that weren't there before, and I mean it's a little bit of a sensationalist idea that you're, if you could fund this venture, you could have a grape variety named after yourself, and your variety might be the next Pinot Noir, the next Nebbiolo, the next. I mean, it could be the next um, Pinotage too, which would be unfortunate. Dumps <laughs> <laughs> <films> the
0: brakes. <laughs> But yeah, people really got behind you. This your crowdfunding thing went really quickly. I mean, you quickly raised money because of people's enthusiasm for who you are and what you do and the quality of wine that you make. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thanks. I mean, it's yeah, it was,
2: it was very gratifying.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: A little bit of effort went into it. It was not exactly falling off a log, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've always been a terrific marketer, and we were talking earlier and saying that you know. If um, Instagram had been around when you were doing some of um, the promotions you were doing, they would have gone viral on Instagram and all over the world instantly. Um, and you know, that brings up an interesting point. You know, today, Instagram, social media plays such a big role in the wine world um, in terms of getting the message out there. And how have you seen things change since you started doing the Bonnie Doon label?
2: Well, my problem is I'm old fangled and I'm actually a lot more analog than digital, truth be told, Uh, like orders of magnitude more analog. And, um, you know, my, I have some aptitude for, you know, the, the aphorism and the bon mot. Uh, So Twitter is a, is a pretty good. Um, I haven't figured out how to monetize anything, though. That's my problem. I don't think anyone has. <laughs> well, nobody has, yeah. I mean, the the problem with what I'm trying to do is the things that I do don't lend themselves to sound bites, and they don't lend themselves to Instagram. They're, it's a longer story. It's a convoluted, mm-hmm. complex story. And ultimately, the thing about wine, it's experiential. You can't, it's hard to capture the the quality of drinking, of, of tasting a wine in, in words.
0: Absolutely. And
2: it's actually the, it's the experience itself. And it somehow a picture of a bottle of wine doesn't quite do it justice. I mean, it, sort of at all. Sure. Um, I would prefer, I mean, the wine business itself has changed. To answer your question, it is an insanely competitive business these days. It is not nearly as much fun as it was 30 years ago mm-hmm. by quite a bit. And um, the things that you used to do, like make really good wine and sell it at a fair price and have an interesting label and a good story, all those things might work now, but they're they're necessary but not sufficient criteria, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you will. Um, you have to do more and you have to be lucky and you have to be in the right place at the right time. And honestly, in the the wholesale wine business, which is to say like, the main part of the wine business, I don't think I understand it anymore at all, mm, well, which is kind of unfortunate because that's my that's, business,
0: and there's uh, some money there. <laughs> there, there is. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. a,
2: it's a, big, it's a, it's a big undertaking, and it just gets harder. It just gets more complicated every year it's a to, beast, to yeah. make it work.
1: There's so many more wineries now than when you started. Yes you were mentioning the competition, but I think just maybe the attitudes too, that um, it's become a very corporate scene versus where it was, you know, individual winemakers, more artists and garagistes in a way.
2: Right. I mean, I think the only way to work in the land of wholesale is to be either exceptionally small and rare. But the problem with the wholesale is the, marg- the margins are, so, mm-hmm. are not very good. Mm-hmm. So I think... Small, small is tricky for, for wholesale, I think. So you have to be of a certain scale, and then you have to make the wine simple. If it's too complicated, if it's too convoluted, the wholesalers can't follow mm, it at all. Are there are any wholesalers out there listening, close, your, close <laughs> your ears. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other wholesalers.
0: But it's tricky. You're right. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. I, I I do appreciate, though, that you've always tried to keep it fun and tried to... Kind of lighten the whole notion of wine is this, you know, you, the fact that you kind of keep your tongue in your cheek with so many of your labels over the years, and and just your your silly approach to things. Why was that always? Why was that important to you?
2: Well, you know, honestly, he, he who lives by the joke dies by the joke. I mean, it cuts both ways.
0: Uh, and, and, uh, you're just too smart for your own good, Randall. <laughs> I, I set you up for just a really sweet little ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks, Mary, and then. And... <laughs> But i love it i mean he who lives by the joke dies by the joke yeah i
2: mean um i i used humor i mean because that was it was a weapon i had in the arsenal so you use the tools that you have in your tool belt because that was that's what you get that's what you have um and because i was introducing a new category of wine rhone varieties and then then italian varieties which less successfully but um i was using humor as a way of disarming people and kind of penetrating their defenses and sort of getting them to give it a try and provoke a conversation. You know, why is there a spaceship on the label? So that starts a conversa- conversation, which is what has to happen. Otherwise, people are just so intimidated. I've never heard of this. I can't. I don't want to appear stupid. So I'm not going to ask. I'll yeah. go for something that I
1: know. Mm-hmm. that's so true i mean you have to have something to kind of break through that barrier break break the ice so to speak um, speaking of some fun things though we have something new from you here um, canned wine let's talk about that
2: yes we've launched a new initiative uh, to put some wine in cans a, a red white and a pink which we call la boule mousse and we have la boule mousse de cigar which is the pink and La boule mousse rousse, which is the red, and la boule mousse blanche, which is the white. And when I conceived of this, which was not that long ago.
1: And I'm going to open this so we can try it. So it goes, satisfying so. little.
2: Do it on <laughs> radio. So there you go. <laughs> Sounds like a cold one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it does. And it's got a pink mousse on the label. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oops,
2: other other way.
1: Oh, shoot. Thank you. No problem.
0: Let's have a party foul in here. Okay, okay. go ahead. Um, so home. when I
2: s- conceived of this, there were like two wines in cans, and then I turned my head for like one nanosecond, and like suddenly there's hundreds of entrants out of nowhere. It was like being in a cowboys and Indians movie. You know, they just suddenly appear on the horizon <laughs> from out of nowhere. Anyways, so um, people taste this wine, and the first thing they say to me is, "It's good." with this kind of slightly shocked expression on their face. And it's sophisticated. And I think, again, like many other things in the land of Bonnie Doon, we're probably either 10 years behind or 10 years ahead of the curve. It is good. It's good. It's quite delicious. And
0: Well, I think the reason people are always so surprised is because so many... Like, I love the idea of wine in a can because it's so convenient. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's some bad ones. So this yes. is
1: so refreshingly mm-hmm. good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a little, you know, a nice surprise that it's a little bit fizzy.
2: Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, uh, f- frankly, between you and me, I can't imagine wine in a can that isn't fizzy. I mean, in other words, mm. the idea of like okay. regular wine in a can eh, kind of but fizzy wine yeah. took to me makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's just totally a matter of cultural preconditioning and prejudice and whatever. Yeah, but, but
1: you know, you can take that on a picnic, you can have it by the pool, you can yes. you know, take it hiking with you.
0: And this is pretty readily available in the markets and such? Medium available. Medium available. Well, no, it's certain-
2: not as readily available as it, as it should
0: be. Well, it's certainly worth seeking out because mm.
1: it's good. Absolutely. And you can find this on your website too. Absolutely, yes. BonnieDuneVineyard.com so
0: are you splitting your time now between Davenport, where Bonnie Dune is located, the, the winery, and now San Juan Batista?
2: Actually, the winery is in Santa Cruz, on the west side of Santa oh, Cruz. The, I'm tasting, sorry. Tasting, the tasting room, is, room is, is, in is in Davenport. And I go there every so often, not all that often, but from time to time. So, yeah, I am splitting my time between Santa Cruz and San Juan Batista. And
0: how is that? Are you finding, like, what are some of the adventures you're running into on the ranch? Or...
2: um the biggest adventure on the ranch is dealing with the indigenous animal vertebrate population that exists. <laughs> That's the biggest adventure. And you know, trying to be sensitive, but on the other hand, understand we're understanding that we're at war. Um, what, are we, what kind of critters are we talking about? All kinds of critters, uh, raccoons, uh, coyotes, Ground squirrels, gophers. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Gophers mm-hmm. like crazy. Mountain lions, less of a problem. Actually, they're probably um, sort of the more benign uh, bipeds or quadrupeds on the on the property. Um, but it's, it's really rodents, big rodent situation. And you're
0: not just putting poison out, pell-mell.
2: We don't put poison out. We don't poison them. Out. We trap them. And a friend of mine just su- recently suggested using uh, dry ice in the holes, which
1: oh interesting! I like that kind yeah. of
2: elegant solution. <laughs> solution. It's kind of like Quite. fire. It's kind of like Women in Love, like the last scene of Women in Love, you know. With, anyways, Oliver Stone. <laughs> Oliver, is that, yeah. Anyways, yeah.
1: Do you see yourself moving everything? Eventually, you're up and you're. Uh, your winemaking operations to Popolishum?
2: Yes, indeed. That will happen somehow, one day, yeah. soon, I hope.
0: And that name, Popolishum? Popolishum is the, is I
2: mean. the Mutsun Indian name for th- their settlement around San Juan Batista, mm. but it also translates as paradise, or ah. the village or paradise.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, that's a nice name. And I've I've been out there to visit you um, and it, especially when you get up on some of the hills, you have some amazing views, 360-degree views yeah. of the region.
2: It's quite an extraordinary place. And without being too new-agey about it, there is a spiritual quality to the place and a, and a certain aura or vibe, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite a special, powerful, powerful place.
1: Nice. Well, we'll be anticipating the wines that come out of there eventually. And you you brought another wine for us to taste yes, today. I did.
0: Let's give that one a whirl. It also has a beautiful label. I mean, you do labels, right, Randall? Announce.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I have one small talent in life.
0: <laughs> there you go again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you rinse?
0: Great.
1: And what is this one?
2: This is a Syrah from Bien Nacido Vineyard.
1: It's that beautiful, deep, deep, ruby color.
2: Um, And and this is a blend of actually Syrah and Viognier, about 12% Viognier, which is normally kind of a thing that winemakers do because they do it in Cote Roti. And I'm really trying in life not to be a copycat because one never... Copies as well as the original. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a copycat, but I just did this anyways for the heck of it, just to see what would happen. And I'm
1: so, it's so gorgeous.
2: thrilled with the result.
1: Yeah. Is, um, what's the vintage on this?
2: 2014.
1: And will this be a one-off, or are you going to continue to do this?
2: This is the last of the Mojito.
1: The last. Oh of the my gosh! Oh.
0: Thank you so much. Oh, it's beautiful. Isn't that it is
2: that
1: cool? Beautiful. Oh. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really earthy.
2: It's got the smokiness, the smoked meat, mm-hmm. and the bacon fat. I mean, it really captures the essence of uh, Syrah for me.
1: Oh wow, that's lovely. It is lovely. And uh, you were telling us um, this might be one of the best wines you've ever made. Correct. Can you talk? Can you talk about that? Well,
0: I.
2: Yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> because that would require being
0: boastful or he's <laughs> too humble that's right <laughs> which is the loveliest quality so mm-hmm. thank you for that there's so mm-hmm. few people who are um, not so eager to toot their own horn so right. gosh I like mm-hmm. that quality about mm-hmm. you but we want you to anyway
1: but so what does this wine mean for you you know personally what? well I mean
2: this is very good wine I mean I, it's I'm just brought it to show off, of course. Um,
1: <laughs> Thank you. I mean,
2: you know, but here's the deal. Um, we winemakers pretend, or some of us pretend that winemaking is, you know, requires great cleverness, and but it, do, it doesn't. Winemaking is actually pretty straightforward and simple. You can pretty much screw things up, um, but there's only so much you can do constructively to make a great wine. Great I mean, wine, it's a truism and it's, a, it's, a, it's an adage, but they say great wine is made in the vineyard. It is 100% the case. If the, the, the basis of the wine begins with the grapes. And so if you are lucky enough to have purchased or inherited or found some way to work with a vineyard that has, that is a great vineyard, you appear as a winemaker to be much clever, more clever than you actually are it's really the vineyard that determines the quality of the grapes the vin- the vineyard the vintage but it's it's mostly the vineyard mm-hmm. luckily for me Poploshum as far as I can tell appears to be one of those places that will make me look very clever
0: you like the <laughs> soil there yes? the soil is amazing mm-hmm. why what is it about it you Besides know the, uh... I
2: wish I could tell you I mean there there are certain different Terroir in po- at Poplar We have some beautiful limestone soils. We have some oh. granitic soils, some mm-hmm. volcanic soils, some odd, very unusual clay soils.
0: You probably got all mixed up on account of the fact that it's next to San Andreas Fault. Yeah, actually,
2: that's true. Is it true? That I'm just true. being silly. No, it's <laughs> true. Uh, we had geologists come out, and they were they were freaked out. They've never seen such heterogeneous soils. In, oh, you know, a short huh. period, in a short area, within a limited area, they saw. All these very distinctive soil to unusual soil types and we had uh, some agronomists from France the uh, Bourguignon Claude and Lydia Bourguignon and they came out and they said and they're agronomists to the stars if you will okay they, they consulted at Romani Conti and Lafitte and oh, wow. they said you know we've never actually we've never actually had a new world wine that expressed terroir but hypothetically if such a thing were to exist you you could find it here.
1: So so they think you can do it.
2: They think we can do it.
1: I think yes. you can do it too. Absolutely. For Why my not? Fans first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got a couple um short, you know, qu- quick rapid fire questions we're just gonna throw out at you and just say whatever comes to mind first. We don't need a long answer. Just kinda have some fun with that.
0: Got it. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. gonna start
1: with this one. So red, white, or pink? Pink. Nice um stem or no stem on the glassware
2: Oh, I think on the cluster itself I was ready yeah. to answer yeah, the cluster <laughs> stem on the cl- the right answer is stem on the cluster and, <laughs> and, and stem on the glassware are
0: oh, you okay. like a stem okay heck yes all right I mean
2: I, in fact yes emphatic yes make that an emphatic yes sure
0: uh you know we've been talking about your property most unusual thing you found out there
2: mountain lions
0: have you seen one, really? Yes.
2: Oh. I well, actually I dreamt about the mountain lion, and then I saw the mountain lion. So that Oh, wow. That was you
1: had a premonition.
2: Yeah, that was pretty. How
1: magical. Uh, Those are. I um, know it was extraordinary. Yeah. Right. Cocktail or beer when you're not drinking wine?
2: Uh, neither.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> neither. So what do you drink when you're not drinking wine?
2: Hmm. Kombucha. I'm, I'm from Santa Cruz. So Love co- kombucha. Kombucha.
1: Pretty yes. much. I started my day with Kombucha. All right. Um, Favorite
0: kind of music to drink wine to? Jazz. Nice.
1: Favorite varietal?
2: Ah, oh my gosh. You know, my heart of hearts says Pinot Noir, but I'm going to go with
0: Grenache. Nice. Since my dog just walked into the room, are you a dog person or a cat
1: person? Both. Do you have pets? Just a cat at the moment. And, um...
2: Not just a cat, a great cat, a, <laughs> a classic cat, <laughs> an amazing cat, actually.
1: Favorite music to drink by? Oh, okay. oh we did that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got one. Favorite thing to do in your free time?
2: Crossword puzzles.
1: I like those too. My husband turned me on to crossword puzzles. Um, are you a morning person or a night person?
2: Morning person, hands down. There's no, There is no night.
1: although i bet you that's
2: reserved for not sleeping
0: (laughs) (laughs) i bet you get some pretty great stars out there in san juan batista without all the light pollution yeah yeah Mm.
2: absolutely Mm.
0: have you camped out there
2: just you know i've never have i've been out there at night but i've never never camped is
0: there a place for you to stay out there like a, a
1: cabin or something
2: alas not yet but there there will be yeah
1: nice and um What's your most memorable wine experience?
2: Oh my gosh, yikes, there's several. Um, I would say the 49 Musini de Vogue out of Magnum was about as perfect a wine as I've ever experienced.
0: When was that and where was that?
2: That was in 1975 in Beverly Hills, California.
1: And for our listeners who may not know, that's a Burgundy, right?
2: It is a Burgundy. It is a Burgundy, the essence of Burgundy.
1: Nice. What a great way to have that memory and to experience something like that and have that. I think that's what's so great about wine. It it makes an impression on you that you never forget. Correct. Right. Correct. Some wines, yeah. not all. Do. Some wines <laughs>
2: you, you forget, but like yeah. the second
1: <laughs> some you want to forget. Yes,
0: <laughs> and sometimes it's the hangover the next day that won't let you forget. No. <laughs> all right, what are you most looking forward to?
2: Um, daughter growing up.
0: Oh, how old is she?
2: She's fifteen.
0: Oh, She's I have there. a fifteen-year-old too. Fun, but also can be mine can be challenging. Yes, those teen moments. There's a lot of teen drama.
2: Actually, the the drama is really down so far down to a pretty dull roar. In in the case of uh, our daughter, which is very that's much appreciated. <laughs> if she's listening,
0: <laughs> is she, she showing any interest in the wine biz? She's showing
2: no, but she is interested in gastronomy. And um, she did tell me the other day. She said, "Dad, after I graduate high school, I think you and I need to go to Burgundy." Mm. So I think I, I see that as, as, as a positive, oh
1: my gosh. positive mm-hmm. development. That's a great graduation trip. Wow. That's awesome. I would have loved to have done that with my dad, although he's not into wine or eating. <laughs> we came to California. I was in Atlanta. and We came to California after graduation. So and see, here
0: I am now. Right. It was an impressionable you trip. You never know. It, <laughs> it was. It was. Well, Randall Graham, we are so delighted to have shared this time with you thank you for bringing the great wine and thank you for being the uh original person that you are that not settling for ordinary that you just look for ways to do something unique all the time and i
1: love that
2: oh thanks my pleasure
1: the world needs more of you absolutely we really appreciate what you do and what you're going to be doing and we're super excited for publishing and all that is going to come from that So, you can find Bonnie Dune Vineyard, the tasting
0: room in Davenport, which is north of Santa Cruz, and it's got great ocean views right on Highway 1, yes? Correct. And the the winery itself is in Santa
1: Cruz, as you mentioned. Right. But if you time it right and you're in Davenport at sunset, it's really beautiful. So, uh, Randall Graham, thank you again. Cheers and sip sip hooray. Get to Kohl's during our biggest jean sale going on this Thursday through Monday. Get 40 to 50% off Levi's for the family. And get men's and women's denim just $24.99
0: and under. Plus, take $10 off when you spend $25 or more. Plus, get $5 Kohl's cash for every $25 spent. Plus, best and free store pickup. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com.
1: Select styles 10 off 25 valid September 3rd through September 7th with promo code Labor Day.
0: Levi's offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.